Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. My name is Steve Hall. I'm the executive director of Mustang Owners Museum, and we're located about a mile away from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Today we have a couple of special guests, uh, a couple of folks I've known for quite some time. One I've known, I've known Tracy Smith probably a little bit longer than uh, than the Scott Black, but uh, we worked. I've worked with Scott at a couple of events, so I'd like to introduce Tracy Smith, the director of Team Shelby, and Scott Black, part of the Shelby management team. So I'd like to welcome both of you to our podcast. Hey, Steve, thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. Thanks so much for including us. Well, I appreciate you guys both coming on. And uh, as a side note, I think uh, listeners might get a little bit of a kick that Scott just got off an airplane uh, with major European jet lag. So uh, I appreciate him kind of, you know, making through it, making it through everything and making the effort to be on this. So we appreciate it. As they say, that's that's been a trooper. So I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Team Shelby. Uh, Shelby was a, obviously a, a, a club built some year, put together some years ago. And I think since Tracy's taken it over, uh, has really got more of a stability to it. Um, and really has kind of blossomed and grown, uh, to where it's actually a, it's a major force in the Shelby world as far as the enthusiasts are concerned. So I'm hoping you both can just tell us a little bit about, about the beginning of it, how it came about, uh, what, uh, what you try to achieve and how it's arranged and set up, you know, what, what kind of, you know, what, what's the organization to it and uh, how can people join you? Sure. I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, I actually started with Shelby in uh, 2006. Um, I worked for Hot Wheels, and we inducted Carol Shelby into the Hot Wheel Hall of Fame. And uh, that's how I got to meet him for the first time. And uh, one of my bosses ended up actually going to work for Shelby a, a few years later and, um, you know, brought me, brought me aboard. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because it's been a fantastic opportunity. And I got to work with Carol the last six years of his life. And, and I just, I really cherish those uh, memories with him. I mean, he was only, not only a mentor, but a, a friend and just an amazing individual in general to be able to, to work with. Um, so we, we launched him Shelby essentially uh, in 2008, as part of Carol Shelby's 85th birthday, we put on this big event called the, uh, it was really Carol's birthday, so we just call it the birthday bash at the time. Um, he wasn't necessarily all that happy about getting all that attention, but he was happy about uh, us launching Team Shelby because it was a great way for us to be able to connect with the community. Um, you know, we obviously uh, honor our Good friends at SAC, it's a club that's been, you know, going on for so many years, and they, they, um, they have their registry and all that. But there was really no way to talk to these people that were getting the cars that, that not only we were starting to build again, but that we were building, you know, with Ford under license. And Carol would love to just, you know, talk to people, and we would go out to events, and you know, he would, he was just very passionate about having a community and he wanted to know what, you know, if they were driving the cars and um, it just gave us a great opportunity to be able to connect with uh, the enthusiasts that were buying the cars that we were building, uh, you know, beginning again in the, in the mid two thousands. So I would say that's you know, how it started. Well, I think one of the big aspects that is important for the enthusiasts 
and this is something we've learned at the museum, is that they really yearn to have a bigger or deeper connection to the car brand. Whether it's Mustang or Shelby um, or some of the others, uh, they really want to have that. They, they want to know more. Um, I, I know when I first started getting involved with uh, the, the licensing and the, and the products and what have you for Mustang and for other car brands, I realized it was exactly the same when I was working pro sports with merchandising. You had your favorite sport. Inside your favorite sport, you had your favorite team. And inside that favorite team, you wanted to learn more about the running back or the quarterback or the coach. You want to learn as much as you can. You wanted that deeper connection because you were passionate about it. It was something that was important to you. And so I found that that almost was, it was almost like the same kind of a passion a lot of enthusiasts had for their car. They had a Shelby because of a reason. They had a Boss 302 because of a reason. And yes, there were those who had a Mustang 2 for a reason. So they had a reason. They're all valid reasons, but yet if they have an ability then to kind of connect more to Shelby, they want to, they want to be able to take advantage of that, and they want you to feed them that information and go to Shelby-sponsored events and Shelby-sponsored activities and such because uh, that's what they're there for. I mean, that's why they're part of the hobby. That's their lifestyle. And so I think that was one of the nice things that I kind of noticed that it helped create that kind of connection. And so I'm sure it started from a process of just getting the word out there. But I gather now from what little limited information I have or I know <laughs> is that uh, you guys now have regional areas or regional uh, set up with uh, directors. Yeah, we, we launched with 12 original directors, um, you know, which were all in the United States and covered, you know, the specific regions. And then from there, uh, we launched in Europe. So we have directors in Europe. Um, we just launched in South Africa last month. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, launch in Australia. So it's it's amazing. And, and what you learn is that really that that passion for Shelby is is worldwide. But the directors are great because they're in those communities and, you know, they're all different. You might have somebody that has, like I'm in California, my, I'm, the sun is shining almost every day of the year, not to, you know, piss anybody off that's listening. But, but then you have, you know, Wisconsin where maybe they have a few good months of summer um, uh, and then, you know, a lot of times people have to put those cars away. So every region is very specific to, you know, that director. And, and, and honestly, I'm not a micromanager on that. I let them build their, uh, their structures as they see fit and as it works for them. So they have underneath them, you know, state directors and chapter directors. Some have big teams that have event directors. And uh, it's really great. And what's amazing to me is just how, how dedicated those, uh, directors are. I, I have to say that the success of Team Shelby um, really has a lot to do with these directors. I mean, if not, you know, 90% of it. I mean, we're out there too, beating the drum and going to these events that oftentimes will, they'll help us uh, uh, not only produce, um, but, you know, they've got their families working at them. And these are huge events. We're just getting ready to go to the Carlisle Ford Nationals in Pennsylvania, which is, you know, June third to fifth and in and around that we have our team Shelby East Coast uh, Nationals and that's put on by our director that's out there and and so that's pretty exciting and we see this again across the country we have events 
literally pretty much, you know, everywhere we support them, they support us. And again, it gives people um, the ability to get out and not only enjoy their cars, which is so important to Carol, but to to interface with people from Shelby. Um, Oftentimes you'll get Gary Patterson, who's the president of Shelby, and he'll come out to an event and give thrill rides. And, you know, Vince LaViolette, who is, you know, head of production and and they take information from this experience too. You know, how do you feel about the car? What do you think? And and they listen. And I think that's what's really neat too is that, you know, Shelby is a is a, an enthusiast driven brand. I have to say, and we're all enthusiasts. I'm still an enthusiast. I've been at the company 16 years, and I'm still excited to come to work every day. But you know, to get out in the community and to have that feedback and it would be really nice if you did this or you did that. And and they actually listen and to be able to connect uh, people all across the country and even around the world. I mean, Gary's been out with us in France at Lamar, um, and, you know, again, it continues to expand. But I think that, again, the directors are so um, helpful in cultivating those communities. And, uh, Scott, I know you have some stuff to share on that as well. Yeah, and, and because the club is so dynamic and constantly growing and changing, in fact, one of the uh, one of the messages we got today is uh, we've got a passionate group in New Zealand that want to meet, and they want to get Team Shelby there in, in New Zealand. But because of that growth that's been so strong, again, we're actually always looking at the regions. Do we need to split up a region? Do we need to change um, how many chapters we have? So, you know, just because we need to continue to, to feed that growth and that demand, and, you know, we're always looking at that and the structure. And Carol always talked about, you know, and I, I know Toyota gets credited this for this, but Carol always talked about as an old hot rodder, tweaking, improving, continuous improvement. And so we're looking at that every event, the structure of the organization, how do we do it better so that we help build the community? Because really that's what it is. It's a community of enthusiasts and under the Shelby banner. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. One of the things I've always was impressed with, for whatever that might mean, but is the fact that with the regional directors that you have, they have ownership. They have a stake in the game. And because of that, you with and I, again, I know you have more than 12 now from what you're saying, but maybe you have, let's yeah. say you have 20, just using that as a number. I think each, each director is going to look at, he's got a little bit of a challenge from the other 19 to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Because all mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure that as communication goes out through, through, um, the different directors, everybody's kind of getting the same information and what's going on, what we're doing. Here's what this group is doing. Here's what that group is doing. And pretty soon, if a group is not really standing up to your, those standards, 
they're going to get a little pressure, and it may not even be from you, Tracy, or or from Scott. Mm-hmm. It could really be from the guy, the guy who's in the next date over, saying, "Hey, listen, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're not going to do something, why don't you join our group and do our thing?" And you know, you, you mm-hmm. may you may become more minimal minimized as to who your value to the to the group, because I can see that, and I think it's a great way to do it because. People are then having to having to almost uh, they judge themselves to make sure they're performing, and that means you're yeah. gonna you're gonna get a group that's active and do something because I think we both have seen across the board with other organizations that sometimes it's always the same people doing the same things. Twenty years later, it's the same activity where it's nice we have a regional director and he's seen what other regional directors are doing and say you know what maybe this year we're gonna do something a little different. You don't have to do mm-hmm. everything the same. So I think that builds the interest level and keeps the active uh, members active, I should say, because they they want to they they enjoy that this this particular director understands these things. So I think it's kudos to that idea because that builds a great idea. I think it's just a way to do it. Yeah, it's worked really well for us. And and again, the the, the gratitude that I have for all of these men and women that are doing this. I mean, these are volunteers. They volunteer their time. Sometimes they produce events that are three and four days long, and they rival, you know, our events sometimes. It's like, oh, I want to be as good as our Shelby Bass that we do every year. And they go out there, and, and they they raise the bar for themselves and everybody around them. Um, and they can be very competitive, too. So one of the big, uh, you know, connections and passions that they all have is for the Carol Shelby Foundation. And we had um, two directors last year that were competing to raise the most money for the foundation and our event uh, in Texas, uh, they raised um, 17, no, no, it was $23,000 over a weekend for the Carol Shelby Foundation. And, uh, and you know, our director that's in Pennsylvania um, raised 17,000. And these are numbers that we just don't hear about. You know, it's just like, wow, really? I mean, we have big sponsors that come in and, and support the Carol Shelby Foundation, but these are people that are doing it, you know, out of the love and passion in their heart and for charity. And we see a lot of that. I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of with Team Shelby is the spirit of giving that has been, you know, going through the club for these last few years. I mean, people have really stepped up and most of the time there is a charity component to an event or, you know, and, and I think that's just so telling. And Carol always said that, you know, car people were the most generous and I'm, and we see that. And every year, you know, they bring that passion and they raise the bar, you know, for, for themselves and, and for us too. I mean, we see our directors out there doing great things and it's just like, okay, that infuses new energy into us. It's like, wow, this is so great. You know, let's continue to not only support, but, you know, let's raise our bar a little higher and let's see where we can go and let's see what we can do to continue. And we love doing interesting things too and unique things. Um, I know what you're saying, Steve, about going to events and you see the same thing over and over and over again. And we try to really shake it up. I mean, even over the last few years, I'm, I'm equally as passionate about telling the stories of Carol Shelby as I am in running a business, you know, and I say, I always say that to the directors, of course, it helps. It's a great marketing initiative, but you know what? It's a community initiative as well. And you have to have that balance. You have to have that yin and yang. So you're always making sure that, you know, you're, you can be a part of Team Shelby no matter what. You don't have to spend a dime on a car or any merchandise or anything like that. In fact, we have several tiers of membership now. So we have a, 
a complimentary membership that goes out to, you know, through our partners at Ford Motor Company to anybody who buys a new uh, GT500, GT350 in the past. And then, uh, and after that, we have, you know, just where you can sign up and just get information and get discounts. And then we have our, our merchandise kit, which is just unbelievable. I mean, we really pack it full of stuff. And, and some of those events that we've had, um, you know, we took groups to Europe, to Lamont Classic, to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, as well as doing the Woodward Invasion. We do things in Monterey, and this year, it's the 100th anniversary, Steve, of, of Pike's Peak. And so for the first time to celebrate Shelby's 60th, we're actually taking a group. A GT500 SE is going to go in the race. So a Shelby is going to be a production, current production car in the race with Team Shelby, and we're calling it the Team Shelby Pike Speak Adventure. So completely off the wall from anything we've ever done. Well, but I, I think it goes back to Carol's legacy a little bit, is that he did a lot of things that are off the wall. Uh, things that were not really per se expected as he kind of, you know, he, he expanded because I think he, he, he knew he, he, the job could get done. I think he had, had plenty of, uh, of, um, of, um, confidence in the team to say, yes, we have a challenge, but I think we can make it happen. And, uh, I think there was even a commercial, uh, where Carol Shelby says, and my name's on it. And that's what it meant is that he, they could do those kinds of things. And so come across and how, you know, like you said, cause Pike peak, for those of you that don't know that it is not a gra- it is not a uh, a paved road. Um, it is it's kind of uh, let me put it this way: you don't want to park your car in the in the kind of material that this is raced in, because it uh, it'll chip up your car a little bit. It's loose gravel, and so uh, that's that is event- that is interesting uh, to, to hear such. Now, is there going to be anything done specifically for the 60th by itself? Now, I know 10 years ago. Uh, at uh, Carlisle, there was a, a little bit of a, cel- a celebration for 50 years of uh, Shelby. But is there going to be anything like that at Carlisle or another event was, uh, more or less but, uh, focused on the 60th? Well, it's funny you should mention Carlisle, and I know Tracy said that. So we are, they are celebrating the 60th anniversary of Shelby, in addition to having the Shelby rig there, which will have the latest vehicles, including not only the uh, the Super Snake and the GT500 SE, we will have the concept version of the Shelby Mach-E. Tracy will be there along with Gary Patterson, president of Shelby, and we are going to unveil a concept car. It's going to be the world unveil of a concept car. Just kind of gauge reactions, see what people think. It's going to celebrate one of our most important vehicles in Shelby's history, race winning, and uh, see if there may be a production version of it. So, yes, Carlisle is going to be one of those. You know, there's a lot of events celebrating Shelby throughout the year. Of course, the biggest one is going to be the boss, and I have to call Tracy that. She <laughs> uh, tracks twice a day in front of witnesses. The boss's favorite event of the year is the event we produce personally, the Team Shelby Bash. And I know, Tracy, you've got some phenomenal things lined up for this year. Yeah, so the bash is, uh, you know, definitely one of my favorite events of the year because we are able to really expand upon all the fun things that we do uh, with with other people in their regions. So, I mean, it's everything, you know, poker runs, scavenger hunts, there's two days of track, there's parties, there's car show. I mean, talk about shoving, you know, everything into one event. And this year we actually, we moved it. Last year we moved it to September, which was, um, you know, 
several months after when we used to have it. And so this year it's September 29th through October 2nd. Uh, we're going to be putting those up very quickly for people to be able to sign up. Last year we sold out, um, honestly, we sold out of a couple of the elements of the event within the first 24 hours. And to me, that, that made me feel so good because I know that means that people are having fun with what we're doing. And if they're having, you know, fun, that, again, that to me, that was Carol's, <laughs> that was, that was Carol's thing. I mean, he was a prankster. He loved, you know, to have fun and he loved to uh, spend time with his friends. And so uh, I think that, you know, the fact that we were selling out portions of the event within 24 hours shows that somehow we're channeling some part of Carol, hopefully the, some of the good stuff that we all know he, he had and, and we all love and miss him, you know, terribly as, you know, we wish he was here for this. I should ask, and maybe I, maybe I missed it, but is this going to be done in Las Vegas or Los Angeles or somewhere else, the uh, the 60th event that you just described? The Team Shelby Bash um, is in Las Vegas for most of the days. Sometimes we will start in L.A. or somewhere near L.A. I know we started in Palm Springs one year. So we're looking to... Um, to figure out where we're going to start this year. Um, but most of the days are in Las Vegas. We do our kickoff on Thursday night at Shelby American. And then it goes into, again, the track days and the poker run scavenger hunt following days and the car show on Sunday. So 90% of it is at Shelby American and at the, you know, uh, track over there um, near, near Pahrump. Help me, Scott. I'm having a blank on the track. Bring him. Bring him out. Bring him Spring Mountain Motorsport Ranch, yeah, there it is. Well, I also wanted to mention, though, you were talking about being blessed with all this help. Um, nothing can really create a bigger havoc with a group like this if you don't have the, the right person and the right connection and the leadership at the top. And I say that because I know you, I, and Tracy, I know you're very passionate about Shelby, and that passion is shown to the regional directors. I think they look at also... They want to, don't want to disappoint you because you've done so much for them. And by having a person in that position, that strengthens the, the I guess I want to call the team, of course, but it just strengthens everybody's commitment and involvement. Because if you have someone there who's kind of like, yeah, you know, doesn't get back to me, doesn't answer phone calls, doesn't really help me with what I'm looking for, what I could use as a director, they start to lose and wane interest. And so I'm sure a lot of this has to do with the fact that your work and effort has shown them, and I'm sure Scott's backed up with ideas and, and maybe being a partner to this. Uh, that's really, I, I'm going to tell you, that's where the, I think, you got to look at where the strength comes from, and I think a lot of it is from there. And so I, I kind of, you know, again, I'm, I'm usually the guy in the background. I'm the, I just kind of like, I love to observe and watch. I really do. It's very uh, interesting sometimes. And you start to see the differences between how certain organizations work and how their commitments are and what their expectations are. And I can certainly see that with Team Shelby, it's not just a word. It's not just a T-shirt. It's a, really a commitment to the brand and to the lifestyle of Shelby and Carol, of Carol Shelby, of course. So I think, the, I think there should be a little bit of a pat on the back to you guys for that purpose also. So that while you're thanking everybody, they should be also hopefully thanking you. You know what, Steve? I'm going to step in because I know Tracy hates to ever, ever take any credit. I know. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Leadership starts at the top. And you and I have both been involved in probably more car clubs than we would like to say. And, and just across 
uh, lots of countries and, and, you know, I've sat on lots of boards and you're right. And, you know, and Tracy has an unusual background. I mean, she has her business degree from a prestigious school, though she never likes to talk about that. She worked in, in movie production. She, she was at 17 years old running a record store herself. She was the manager of the entire store. You know, and then she went, she worked both on Barbie and Hot Wheels. And, and you know, she's, she's, she's an extremely brilliant person, but the best attribute, which is the one I think Carol spotted, she builds up people, she builds up communities. And it's a very collaborative approach at Team Shelby. It is not a top-down, autocratic type of approach. She makes everybody feel like their ideas, their input is important. And it's reflective. And that's why you see all these directors getting to do all of these things. You know, Team Shelby's almost like a canvas for all the members. You don't have to even be a director. We've had People approach us that join the club and they want to do an event with Team Shelby. So it's across the board. It's a community. And it doesn't matter whether you're a director or uh, someone who just joined the organization. You're valued, you're appreciated, and you're welcome. And it starts with – as it, the club is a reflection of Carol, and it's definitely a reflection of Tracy's channeling of his spirit. I think that's perfect. I, it's perfectly said, and I, I knew, and I knew by what I was going to say, Tracy wasn't going to say anything. She was just going to sit there and, <laughs> and figure. Maybe they didn't hear this, and I'll just pass by everybody because I just don't want to be. You know, my God, what's he saying about me? But I do think I do feel that way sincerely because uh, the times we work together, you are always supportive. I know that people respect you, uh, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there because um, I think there's something that. Uh, People have to appreciate and understand that uh, the directors do a great job, but they've also need to have someone that can give them the authority or the power and the assets and tools to do so. Uh, it's one thing to say you're in charge and then you walk away. And so that's kind of, you know, uh, I just, that was the point I was trying to make. So uh, I just wanted to kind of bring that out a little bit. Uh, one thing I'm hoping you guys can do, this will help, maybe help, uh, open up a dialogue between uh, Team Shelby and the museum is, you know, let us know what you got going on. We send out a weekly email to let people know what activities are going on in different areas. Uh, our, our email list does reach around the world. Um, as <laughs> I think, I forget who it was. Somebody recently said, we sell Mustangs in all, all, all six continents. The seventh one doesn't count. Well, we, we don't have any emails for Antarctica yet, but <laughs> can you imagine the first... We, we tried that. I'm sorry? We tried that. We actually talked about trying to... Get a Team Shelby member in Antarctica, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, well, we yeah. well I, I was going to say, can you imagine the notoriety this person would get, whoever it is that goes <laughs> down there with a Mustang or a Shelby or what have you? Because he is it. He's it. I mean, that, that way he would get a lot of, he would be some, pre, some automotive press out of that one for sure. Uh, that would be very interesting. But uh, what I wanted to say is, you know, if you would, is let us know what's going on so we can put it out there for folks also. Because I know that we've, we've had instances when people will be at an event, which we represent the museum, and somebody will walk up and say, you know, I'm from California. I get your emails. I decided to come to Gatlinburg for the show because it just sounded so cool. And I didn't know about it until you put it out there. So let us know. We'd love to help support any of the events, all the events, whatever we can do. We're really trying to be more of a conduit to the hobby in that purpose because we have a reach. Uh, between social media and emails, about 50,000 people. So it kind of, you know, we, we, we want to be able to use that to help explore, explore other, other things for uh, enthusiasts to take advantage of. 
So please consider that in the future as things come about. Or if you have a, if you guys do a regular email blast, put me on it <laughs> or whatever it might be. We'd, we'd love to learn more. But uh, I do need to ask a question. Um, I'm kind of curious. It hit me in the middle of our conversation when you kept talking about Carol. Um, obviously, everybody saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Would you mind sharing, the two of you, would you mind sharing your opinion of what you saw? I, I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously, they took a lot of creative license with uh, the history, and I, I was at one of the fact conventions, and they went as far as to point out the fact that the windshield wipers were in the going in the opposite direction of the real Cobras. That's how detailed they got on that. But, uh, you know, the fact that it brought attention to the relationship between Carol and Ken Miles, I think that was just so beautiful. And they did capture a few things. I have to say, there was a couple of times when I was watching the movie that I felt, oh, that, that was so Carol. They really nailed that. And I had a great opportunity of being able to meet, you know, the two actors. We did a photo shoot here for uh, Sports Illustrated, and I spent some time talking to them about, you know, how they prepared for the role and, and you know, um, just how they felt about, you know, Carol and, and the history and all the stuff. And they were, I mean, what great guys, truthfully. And they, they took it very seriously. But it's been wonderful for us, let's let's be honest, to, to have a, uh, a film that with Carol Shelby and Ken and, you know, Remington and all these people, Bondurant, that um, that really defined a lot of, you know, what we do today, uh, even though some of it, again, was fictionalized. I think it, it still is a story that needs to be told, and it'll make people go and seek out other information. I mean, we had a documentary that came out shortly after that about, you know, Carol um, and well, it was really Shelby American. That was what it was called. And that went on Netflix. And so I think that people really sought out more information about Carol, but I love the film. Um, we worked in the studio. We didn't work with them when they were making the film, but after the film, uh, we really worked hard to help promote it and, you know, just connect those, connect the community with the studio, which I think was, they were very uh, grateful that we were able to do that. We actually rallied people all over the world for <laughs> for the premieres. The first two weeks the, the movie was out, they were doing showings where they would bring their cars and the Ferrari clubs were with the, you know, the Shelby clubs and it was so great. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I know that a lot of people um, will have some criticisms about it. But, I, again, I think that it captured the essence. And sometimes if you can get a film that captures even the essence of something um, that, you know, motivates and inspires and, and has people look and see who these people really were in, in life, I think I thought it was great. You know, I loved it. We were, we were part of it as Tracy said, and what was really neat is the studio reached out to us, and after the, that first opening weekend, they, they actually credited Team Shelby for driving a commercial success beyond their wildest dreams. They could not believe it, and they really felt like Team Shelby was an integral part of that. And, and one little story I'd love Tracy to tell everyone is about Christian Bell. Christian's a real car guy. And mm -hmm. he was late to the photo shoot. And Trace, do you want to tell everybody why he was late to the photo shoot? And he was late to the photo shoot because he was uh, 
he was driving an old beat up Toyota truck that, you know, had some issues and he repaired that himself. I think he had a dead battery or something. Um, Whereas, (laughs) you know, other actors may have showed up in nicer, you know, SUVs, vans, drivers. He rolled in there about 45 minutes late. You know, he had taken his daughter. He's actually over in the Santa Monica area and she's in surf school over there. And, he, um, he had, you know, taken her and then the truck broke down. And so he came in, you know, looking completely ragged. And we were just like, oh, this is so cool. This person is so real. You know, he is definitely, you know, one of us. And Matt was great, too. I tease about the uh, about the SUV. They're two wildly different people. But at the end of the day, they were both very gracious. And um, But, yeah, I have to say, Bale was beyond expectations. He was just hilarious and gracious and a disaster like all of us. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the, his battery, so he's a car guy. He didn't, yeah. just, he didn't ask somebody to come and triple A to tow off no. his car. He did it himself. So, you know what? That's the Shelby attitude. Yeah. You know, that that, that does say, it says volumes about a person, doesn't it, when you see that from someone versus, you know, coming in with a chauffeur or, as you say, the, you know, the six the six, the six six figure SUV kind of a thing. It does. It just. It does tell you a little bit, and you know, there's nothing wrong with either one. I'm just trying to say is that just. It does tell you something. Yeah, exactly. So no, because I, I, I'd kind of wondered when the both of you had watched it, if you had closed your eyes and you're hearing the voice in the conver- in the way that it's going. If you close your eyes and listen, do you, do you can you almost visualize it, it was Carol Shelby in that scene, or that would be something. So I think that's what you were kind of saying on some of those pieces or some of those scenes, Tracy. That you got. Yeah, they nailed it. He got it right. And so uh, that adds obviously to the authenticity of uh, what people are going to see because they want to see that. And I think the part about Ken Miles you said was just phenomenal. I mean, the, the gentleman, again, he's probably known by the, the real enthusiasts, but now I think the hobby really can know a little bit more about him and appreciate what he went through uh, such. And so that, that was also very, very good to see. So um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you could share that with us. So I have one last thing. We always like to ask our our guests. Um, it's a simple question. What do you drive? Oh, what, <laughs> I mean, what did I drive today? No. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, Tracy, you may have five or six cars, so be smart. Tell me the right one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just know what 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 do you drive? Okay, and then, you know, Scott makes fun of me about this, but I do have a, I know, I'm almost a bit say because, but let me just, let me just preface it with, I bought it for my dog, because I I bring my dog to the office a lot, and I also have a boat in the marina, and I take him with me. I bought a, um, and let me just tell you, it's a four-cylinder, but it's got rear-wheel drive. It's a Mercedes Metros. It's a van, and it's, you know, about as stripped down as they come. It's not a bougie van, although he will argue that it is, and that he laughs that I bought it for my dog. But honestly, I uh, I love it. It's great. It's it's a, it's a just for around the town. It's a great thing, and I, you know, I can I can pull over to the side of the road and pick up any random furniture I see, so that's a plus, too. <laughs> or, or carry the Team Shelby pop-up tent and all the supplies. Or, yeah, but, or carry a bunch of stuff to an event, for sure. Yeah. And, and and then when she gets to for fun, she's got um, a 2008 Shelby GT convertible. I do. The five-speed manual. The five-speed manual. Okay. Right? Yeah. We're yeah. In, in. And, uh, Perfect. Okay. And I bought 
I bought Gary Patterson from the second owner, personal 16 model GT350R, and it was the prototype for the Shelby Signature Edition. So it has a Shelby serial number and all the upgrades, and it's uh, race red because that's all Gary buys, and I enjoy it every opportunity I can. Excellent. Well, that's why we wanted. That's why you know it's great to hear the the, the connection. I, I'm sorry, I mean, Tracy. I'm still going through this whole Mercedes Benz thing right now. I mean, like you know, I don't. I know, you, I'm it's, so sorry. No, no, no. But you, you got to be honest with you. you. You lost the credibility when you said not credibility. I didn't mean it that way. But you lost the. The idea that is, I, I bought this car for the u- utility of it. You lost that utility connection when you said Mercedes Benz. Um, that's after what are other vanias after about that. I do that, yeah. And if I could get it running, I never would have bought the Mercedes. I actually have a Shelby van. It's a Dodge van, um, and I it, unfortunately it literally has a hornet's nest inside the engine and. The guys have been working on it for a while. I bought it at a car show and uh, Aaron Shelby did several years ago in Texas. And I came around the corner and they were doing an engine rev. And here was this unbelievable, <laughs> in, in many ways, unbelievable Shelby van with the CS logos all over it. And I was like, I have Blue to know that. captain so once I get that running again, I might have to put that, you know, that mattress on the market and just, you know, drive around my Shelby van, which I think would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty yeah. awesome. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> well, it sounds like this is something that Christian Bale should start working on. I know. I'm <laughs> you go. Yeah. Hey, you know, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. In the van as a gift, right? I think that would be a wonderful. Holds a lot of keyboards. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to, before we leave, I just wanted to say that, you know, please, you know, anyone who's listening, you know, reach out. Uh, we've got our uh, Team Shelby official group on Facebook, which is a lot of fun. We've got um, about 20-something thousand people on that, and they're very active. And then we also have our uh, TeamShelby.com, which is, you know, we have our Shelby Team Shelby forms. And but you can find us in and out there and, you know, hopefully we'll see you guys at an event. And if, and if you've listened to this podcast and, uh, or, or, and, you know, just come up to us and say, Hey, we heard this. I mean, I've known, like I said, Steve and I go way back and it's just really nice to be a part of this. And we appreciate uh, you giving us the opportunity to be able to talk about Tim Shelby um, and, you know, cause it's definitely what we're passionate about. So anytime we're at any events, you know, people will just come up and say hi and be a part of our community. Everyone is welcome. Well, we appreciate that. I, I know the I know the people in the, the hobby that they, they appreciate that. And then, and like I said, I know you guys do a lot of work on behalf of the, the Shelby, it's Shelby American itself, but of course for the enthusiasts. So with that, I want to thank you both for joining us. Um, I, I look for, I'll probably see you guys at Carlisle. We'll, we'll be there, uh, kind of wandering around a bit ourselves, but, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and please forward information to us. Keep us in those thoughts so that we can help promote it also. Uh, it's important for us to let people around the world know, Hey, here's what's going on out there, whether it's a Shelby or it's a Mustang or an event or something else. We would like to keep people informed. So please, please keep us in the loop. Whenever the two of you come to Charlotte, you better show up. <laughs> no, I, I hope I hope you guys will come by. 
I, I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if you'll be back out here for a track attack or something like that in the future. But uh, if you're out this way, love that you guys come by. We've actually right now have a whole display of uh, an exhibit of um, Shelby's all the, uh, from '65 through '70. Uh, Shelby's on display, and we have a 1966. 427 Cobra, a real one on display. Wow. So we've, awesome. so we've got some very cool ones. In fact, if you ever want to look up our, the Cobra we have, it's actually called the river snake. Uh, it's got a very, it's got a very dark history. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's, 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 it's a great piece of the collection that we have here. So, uh, we're thrilled with it. And I have to be honest with you, Shelby is a major asset, uh, or I should say, is a major attraction for us when people come to see here that, you know, here's a 65, and then there's a 66, 67, 68, a King, a, a King of the Road, actually. So we've got, you know, some really nice Shelbys here so that, uh, you know, people really do appreciate it. So uh, that's why it's perfect for you guys to come on and talk about this, and hopefully we'll get some, uh, get some more members towards your uh We'll get some more members uh, on, on the way to your uh, Team Shelby group. So we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for all you do as well. 